0: Praise God, praise God. Now, could you just do something with with us together? Let's close our eyes and let's just concentrate on the Lord for a moment and just let his presence just flood into our lives. God, we give you praise and glory. You are the gracious God. There's no one like you. You're mighty to save and you're great in battle. Oh, God, I'm thankful, Lord, for the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, God, we give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that today would not just be another church service. There wouldn't just be something that you go and say, huh? Huh? well, I like that, or I didn't like this, or whatever. But I pray that today, when you leave here today, you will say, you know, I felt the presence of God. I know that God touched me, and it's going to be okay. Our God can do anything. There's nothing too hard. But he said, call upon me. Ask. Seek. Seek. And remember, we talked about this a little bit last week, but when Jesus came walking on the water of the stormy waves, the Bible said he would have passed them by, but they cried out to him. And when they cried out to him, he came. Now you can be sitting in this church today, but unless you're willing to cry out to God, he may walk right by you but when the disciples cried out to him and i noticed another thing i believe it's also in mark 6 and i'm not preaching there today but in mark chapter 6 it said that as many as touched jesus were made whole and i thought huh it doesn't say as many as jesus touched it says as many as touched jesus so there is again the inference that that we're to reach out to him and touch him and if we will he will praise God so thank you so very much for coming today we're going to have a great time I decided I'd just go ahead and preach now since uh, you are ready I think to hear the word I want to remind you that tonight we'll have a great time again uh, Holy Ghost time it's going to be awesome God's going to move and bless and we'll have lots of singing and praising and worshiping and it's so good that you are here today and I believe that God has his way right now praise God how many have been blessed some way somehow in your life you could raise your hand as a testimony and say I am a recipient of the blessings of God and I've been blessed hallelujah I'm thankful for God's mercies praise God If you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn right to the Word of God and get to it. And we won't be very long. If you will help me, that is. So in Hebrews chapter 9. And verse 27. I'm going to read one sentence fragment. Pray and let you be seated. And... As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And I'm going to speak on this subject the miracle of mercy. The miracle of mercy. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for the mercy of God. Lord, I I wouldn't be standing here today were it not for your extreme mercy. God, I'm saved because not what I have done, but why, because of what you have done. And I'm remembering, Lord, your grace and your mercy today. I'm asking you, Lord God, that you would send forth your presence into this place now, Lord. I, we've sung and we've praised you and we've worshipped you and we've given an offering, but now we need you and we cry out to you, O oh God. O oh Lord, fill us with the Holy Ghost today. Fill me with the Holy Ghost all over again, Lord. I I never can get enough of you, Lord. I need more and more of you and less of me. And I give you praise and I give you glory and I give you honor today. And I pray that these precious people that are sitting here in front of me today and those who are with us online, oh God, that you would visit with us, that you would help us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just wait on the Lord just for a moment. There's something happening right now. God, I give you praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's start with a chorus I didn't put up there, Brother Patrick. You raised me up. Put that on the board for us, please. Let's start with that chorus, and then we'll, then we'll go right into the preaching of the Lord. But I feel the presence of God, and I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, Lord. I thank you, Lord God. When I am down, and oh, my soul so weary when troubles come and my heart burden be, then I am still and I wait here in the silence until you come and sit awhile with me You raise me up so I can stand on mountains You raise me up to walk on stormy seas I am strong when I am on your shoulder You raise me up to more than I can be. When I am tired and, oh, my soul so weary, when troubles come and my heart burdened be, then I am still and wait here in the silence until you come and sit awhile with me you raise me up so I can stand on mountain you raise me up to walk on stormy seas I am strong When I am on your shoulder You raise me up to more than I can be You raise me up to more than I can be You raise me up so I can stand On mountains, it's your strength, Lord. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulder. You raise me up to more than I can be. You raise me up. more than I can be. Would you praise the Lord Jesus if that's the way you feel? I love you Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There I feel more like preaching now. You may be seated. The ancient king of Israel, Solomon by name, indicated that there is a Particular time for everything under the heaven. Sometimes you may feel that your life is everything but ordered. You may feel like your life is full of chaos. It's chaotic. But in reality, even when it seems chaotic to you, God has ordained particular times for everything. He's meticulous. When you were born, you you might have been an unexpected surprise by your parents, but not to God. You know, the reason for that is because the word of God declares in Psalm thirty-one fifteen, my times are in thy hand. No one's born that God has not already planned for their birth. In God's eyes, there are no accidental births, he told Jeremiah, while you were still in your mother's womb, before anybody knew you were coming, I had already ordained you a prophet, you may feel like, well, I'm so imperfect, and I have so many faults, and and I I don't have this or that, But, but God made you exactly who you are. And he has a divine purpose for each one of your lives. The apostle Paul said that God has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all all the face of the earth and notice and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. You may not realize it, but God has already pre-appointed our times and the boundaries of our dwellings. I don't know about you, but I find comfort in that. Our time of entrance into the world was appointed by God. He gave us the gift of life. We can do with it whatever we choose. He could have created you and I as mindless robots with no choice. We would have to serve the one who created us. He could have programmed us so that We would have to serve him, but no. He gave us the freedom of choice. He chose to trust us. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, it says, So God created man in his own image. That's how much God loves us. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply And replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And the thing I want you to note from that is God gave us authority over the things of life. You are not a person who is just floating like an autumn leaf in the sea of chaos. But God has ordained that you would have dominion. He said take dominion. And so when we get right with God, when we get where we're supposed to be with God, we can actually take dominion over the situations in our life. Oftentimes when I'm talking to a married couple, I will often point out a triangle to them, and I'll say, now, this is you, sir. This is you, ma'am. Here's God at the top, and I want you to notice that the closer you get to God, also the closer you get to each other. The further you get from God the further you get from each other. People don't realize that, but that is exactly how it works. God has blessed us with life. Our birth time was appointed by God. The Bible also indicates that the time of our death is appointed. There's no one that dies that takes God by surprise. It says it is appointed unto a man once to die. So there's an appointment that we have to be born, there's an appointment that we have where we will die. And just as sure as there's a time to be born, there is a time to die. Everybody needs to remember this and remember it carefully. This life is nothing but a dressing room for eternity. It's nothing but the locker room before the game. No one's staying here. Some will only stay a few years. Some will stay a few more years. But no one's staying a whole lot of years. This is not where we are Destined to live. The old timers are just saying, This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. And they hit it right on the head. They were exactly right. This world is not our home. We're just passing through here. It is the lot of men down here to die. There's an old legend about a rich merchant in Baghdad who sent his servant to the market. While he was at the marketplace, he was jostled by someone in the crowd. and He turned and he saw a woman in a long black cloak, and he knew it was death. The servant ran home to his master and, and in a trembling voice told his master about the encounter and how death had looked at him and made a threatening gesture. The servant begged his master to loan him a horse so he could ride the Samara and hide so death would not find him. The master agreed and and the servant galloped away. Later the merchant went down to the marketplace and saw death standing nearby. The merchant asked, why did you make a threatening gesture to my servant and frighten him? That was not a frightening gesture, death replied. It was just that I was startled to see him in Baghdad because I have an appointment with him tonight in Samara. It's important that we understand it is appointed unto men once to die. And that is the way it is. I love the story of Charles G. Finney. He was a young lawyer sitting in a village law office in the state of New York. Finney had just come to the old squire's office. It was, near, it was very early in the day. And he was all alone when the Lord began to deal with him. And this is his own testimony. He said, the Lord said, Finney. What are you going to do when you finish your course? He said, I'll put out a shingle and practice law. Then what? I'll get rich. Then what? Retire. Then what? Die. Then what? And the words came tremblingly from Finney's mouth, the judgment. He ran for the woods a half mile away. All day Finney spent in prayer, and he vowed that he would never leave until he had made his peace with God. He saw himself in that moment early in the morning at the judgment bar of God. For four years he had studied law and now the vanity of a selfish life and lived for the enjoyment of things of this world was made clear. Finney came out of the woods that evening a changed man after a long struggle with the high purpose of living henceforth to the glory of God and enjoying the Lord forever. And from that moment, blessings un told, filled his life. God used him in a mighty way, not as a lawyer as he had planned, but as a preacher who preached to thousands over a period of 50 years. John the Revelator was given a vision of the coming judgment of those who have not been saved by the blood of Jesus. He said in Revelation 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. I read that and I shuddered. It didn't matter what their net worth was. It didn't matter what title they held or how many initials were behind their name. And I'm not against that. That's all wonderful. But I noticed he said, I saw in my vision the dead stand before God, small and great. It seems like there was... One size that fit all. There was no difference made between the great and the small. They all stood before God. And the next line says, and and the books were opened. Now listen, folks. I appreciate history. I love history. Don't know enough about it. But I love history. I appreciate those who are well-read in the classical uh, literature. And and, uh, I appreciate my friends who are mathematical geniuses on earth. But the books opened at the great white throne judgment are not those types of books. I'm going to explain to you just for a very quick moment the books that will be opened at the judgment. First of all, we know the word of God will be opened because Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 48, The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him at the last day. So we know that the word of God will be opened at the judgment. Another of the books that will be opened at the judgment will be the book of your life. Every day you live, is being recorded somewhere in a book. We know this because the Word of God says they were judged every man according to their works. So if they were judged according to the works, there must be a book opened in the books that are opened there. And one is the book of their life story. It tells what they did in what they didn't do matter of fact I would just say along with that Jesus alluded to this in the gospel of Luke chapter 12 for he said there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed hold on a minute I'm going to stop and thank God for the blood I'm gonna thank God for the blood because folks that haven't had the blood applied to their lives, this is what he's talking about. There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which you have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Now that's not a very nice thing to be contemplating. It says that those who were not saved, that everything they've done will be talked about. their, Their darkest secrets will be shouted from the rooftops. That's the second book that will be opened, the book of our lives, if we are there. Let me just say this to you. The saved won't be at this judgment. That's the great miracle. That is... The miracle of mercy. Another book, he said, that will be opened at the great white throne will be the book of life. The Bible said another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things, which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works." And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life. What? And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, this is absolutely politically incorrect. I am not supposed to stand here and tell you that there's a place called the lake of fire. I'm supposed to tell you that we're all good people, we're all basically good, we're all going to the same place, and many roads lead to Rome. And just like that, many roads lead to heaven. But And, and I think I could, I could become fairly popular by saying, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay, until the judgment. Then this sorry preacher would be standing there, and God would be saying, you know, you're responsible for this one. You're responsible for that one too. You're responsible for that one too. Why? Because you never told them that they needed to have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. And you never told them how to get their name written in the Lamb's book of life. I think there's some preachers who are very popular today who are going to be very unpopular at the great white Throne. extremely important no matter what you do in life that you have your name recorded in the book of life it is amazing how many people who know that it is appointed unto man once to die have completely put it out of their head disregarded have done nothing to prepare for what comes after death they have not prepared for what comes after death It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Everybody please listen to this sound advice that comes from the Word of God. I know some of you have heard this before, but I felt this was what I was supposed to preach this morning. It's found in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, And walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity or childhood and youth are temporary. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after that the judgment Make plans for that now. Live as you think you should. Make the decisions you think you should. But I encourage you to include this good book in your decisions. And above all things that you do, I hope that you excel. I hope that you become very wealthy. I hope that you go and and your name is recognized by everyone in the world. I hope that that you live a, a great blessed life. But if you did all of that and your name was not written in the Lamb's book of life, why? What good would it be for a man to gain the world and lose his soul that's going to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And it's not because the, the people's name are, are not written in the book of life because they're evil. Stop that. That's not why their name's not written in the Lamb's book of life. It's because they've never taken the time to do what the Bible says they must do to have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. It's not because they're horrid and horrible people. It's only because there's only one way that you can escape the judgments here today, and it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that blood is applied according to Acts 2.38. You must repent and be baptized Baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you. I know I've been preaching here many years. I started out as a young man. I'm now a gray-haired young man. But a story that I've told many, many times is the I was walking by a altar in a little country town, and you remember me telling you there's a, a senior lady, she had her face in her hands, and she was praying. I'd never met this woman before, but there is a God. And as I walked behind her, God spoke to me and said, that woman has never been baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus. I stopped. I got down in her ear. And I said, Grandma, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And I watched her shoulders begin to shake as she sobbed out loud. And I heard her say through her fingers, I want to be. And the next night, I was so happy. This little country church and way out in the boondocks. They didn't have a baptismal pool like we have. This got warm water, by the way, and it's filtered warm water. I've made it easy. I got robes. You don't have to bring anything with you. I've got towels. Brother Andrew, make sure that everything's ready to go. But these people, all they had Was a metal horse trough. And it was sitting out in the front yard. And you might say, Well, how demeaning is that? You say what you want to. But this little lady said, I want to be. She came back the next night. She wrapped her seat in the car in plastic. She brought her own towel. The water wasn't all that warm that dear lady stepped over the side of that crude metal horse trough and she sat down and you would think that she was sitting down in the most wonderful place in the world. She was so happy. She put her hand over her nose. The pastor baptized her in the name of Jesus. And when she came out of the water, I saw a glow come on her face. And I saw her mouth begin to stammer. And I watched that senior lady as she began to speak in the most beautiful language I'd ever heard in my life. I couldn't understand it, but I knew what it was. She was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. I was talking to God about this COVID-19 thing. I said, God, I really miss going out and preaching in other churches. I haven't been out and preached in another church trying to keep everybody safe here. Haven't traveled out of state just trying to do what I'm supposed to do. But I miss those evangelistic crusades I used to do. And I remember the next night Excuse me, the next year when I came back to preach at that little church in Olney, Illinois. I looked around and we were having service and it occurred to me, where's grandma? I looked for her. I turned to the pastor and said, pastor, where's grandma? The, the woman that got baptized last year. He said, oh, after you left, she went to be with the Lord. Oh! If I had not stopped and said, Grandma, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, that precious lady who was a sweet and wonderful lady would have missed heaven because the only way you're going to get into heaven is by the miracle of mercy of the cross. And the blood of the cross is applied in three places. It's applied in repentance. It's applied in water baptism in the name of Jesus. It's applied by receiving the Holy Ghost. See, listen, if people could be saved by just being good people, and I'm preaching to good people, I am not looking condescendingly at anyone. You're probably much better than me. But if we could be saved by just being good, Christ didn't have to go to the cross. The good people would have floated to the top. The bad people would have sunk to the bottom. And Christ didn't need to go to the cross. But here's what the word of God says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then Romans six twenty-three said, for the wages of sin is death. That's it. All have sinned and the wages of sin is death. It's over until you read the second part of Romans 6:23. And it says, "But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord." Hallelujah. The wages of sin is death, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the gift of God, the miracle of mercy, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And here is the miracle of mercy. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. My dear friends, that is the miracle of mercy. And to think that today you're only so many feet from a baptismal pool. To think today you're only inches away from receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. To think that you could walk out of here with your name fresh, freshly written in the Land's book of life and, and go out and live and enjoy life its a wonderful thing, but it's a horrible thing to think that a person could live all their life, make sure they've done this, got their education, got a good job, done good as a family person, raised children, or been a good child, and then an ATV accident or then a heart attack, or then whatever. And a person who has never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, never been baptized in Jesus' name, they go out into eternity. Folks, it's important that we understand that this life is just short. It's a vanishing vapor trail. It doesn't last very long. You're here for one purpose, and that is to prepare for your eternal home. You're here for one purpose. Everything else is on the side. Everything else is just things that God blesses you with and and let you enjoy. But the most important purpose of your life is to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life so that you can live in a place where gold is so common that they pave the streets and jasper is so common that the walls are made of jasper and pearls are so common that they use to form the gates and the Lamb of God is the light of that city. There's no funeral homes. There's no nursing homes. There's no Alzheimer's. There's no polio. There's no COVID-19. There's no crime. There's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no depression. There's no sadness. For God himself shall wipe the tears away from your eyes. And I desperately want to go there. And I desperately want you to go there. I have nothing to gain by telling you anything but the truth. But hear me today. The coming of the Lord is very near now. As we watch our country ravaged right now with chaos. As we see nations rising against nation, which in the Bible is ethnos, rising against ethnos. Did you know that that scripture that you've heard all your life, you never understood it because you read it like everybody reads English. It says nation shall rise against nation. But in the Greek, it says ethnic group shall rise against ethnic group. And he said this would happen directly before the coming of the Lord as we're watching the race to form a one-world government. As we're watching the race and we see it, we should recognize it. But in Noah's day, they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. I once again tell you that people who are lost will not be lost because they're evil. They will be lost because they procrastinated. They put off making themselves ready to meet the Lord and they failed to get the miracle of mercy. I wish I could preach better. But I'm gonna tell you an old story that says what I'm trying to say. A young gray-haired teacher in the mountains of Virginia many, many, many years ago you have to understand this was a different time. There was a boys' school which no teacher had been able to handle. Those boys, those mountain boys were so rough that the teachers resigned or they got beaten up so bad they had to quit. And this young gray-haired teacher applied for the job. The chairman of the school board scanned him up and down and Slowly said, "Young fella, do you know what you're asking for? Well, I'll tell you what you're asking for. An awful beaten. That's what. Every teacher we've had until now has given up. The young teacher replied, "I'd like to risk it, sir. Would you please let me try? Well, he got the job. And when he appeared for duty in the little school, there was one big fellow named Tom. He whispered out loud, a stage whisper, so everyone could hear, it, including the teacher. He whispered, I won't need any help. I can lick him myself. The teacher said, good morning, class. We've come to conduct school. Students immediately began to rave and yell, and they were so disrespectful with sarcasm. They said, Good morning at the top of their lungs. Now, I I want a good school, the teacher continued, but I confess, I, I don't know how. I need you to help me. Suppose Suppose we make a a few rules together. Would you help me? You tell me what you want for rules and I'll write them down on the blackboard. One burly fellow yelled out, No stealing! He wrote it down. Another one chimed in, On time! He wrote it down. Finally, he had a list of ten rules. Now, said the teacher... A law is not good unless there's a penalty attached. What shall we do with the one who breaks one of these ten rules? The kids all shouted as if they were demon-possessed. Beat them across the back ten times without his coat. Make the person who breaks these rules be beaten. 10 times with that long stick with no coat. The teacher looked at them. He said, that is a pretty severe punishment, boys. Are you sure? Are you ready to stand by it? A yell in the affirmative greeted the teacher. All right, said the teacher. Then school comes to order. In a day or so, Big Tom found his dinner was stolen. Upon inquiry, the thief was located. It was a a little hungry fellow, about 10 years old. And the next morning, the teacher stood up and he made an announcement. He said, We have found the thief, and he must be punished. According to your rule, ten stripes across the back with no coat. Young Jim, come up here. The trembling little fellow came up slowly. He had a a big coat buttoned and pinned up around his neck. He pleaded with his teacher, Teacher, you could lick me as hard as you like, but please don't make me take off my coat. You help make the rule. Take the coat off. Oh, teacher, don't make me, he begged. But the teacher's stern face showed no leniency, so he began unbutton the collar. And what the teacher saw made him gasp. The lad had no shirt, only strings for suspenders over a little bony body. How? How can I whip this boy, thought the teacher. But I must do something if I am going to keep this class's respect. Everything was quiet as death. Jimmy, Jimmy, how, how, can, how come you come to school without a shirt? My father died. We ain't got much. I only have one shirt. Mama's washing it today, so I wore my brother's coat to keep warm. With a sigh of a heavy heart, the teacher hesitatingly grasped the rod in his hand. Just then, Big Tom jumped to his feet and said, Teacher, if you don't mind, I'll take Jim's licking for him. Well, very well. There's a certain law that one can take another's punishment for him. Class, are you all in agreement? They said they were. With the class's consent, Tom removed his coat. But after five strokes of the rod, the rod broke. The teacher bowed his head and thought, How can I finish this awful task? And then he heard the entire class sobbing. You know what he saw? Little Jim had reached up and caught Tom with both arms around his neck. And he was saying, Tom, I'm awful sorry, Tom. I was so hungry. I love you till I die for taking my licking for me. I love you forever. Yes, there is a certain law that one can take another's punishment for him. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And today I'm preaching on the miracle of mercy. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, that's me. That's you. No matter how good you are, you couldn't couldn't do it. You had to have someone else take your punishment. And Jesus stepped up and said, I'll take his punishment. I'll take her punishment. I feel the presence of God. I'm asking some of my children to come and sing with me as we come to a close today. I was guilty. I had nothing to say. They were coming to take me away, but then a voice from heaven did say, you let him go. You take me in his place I should have been crucified I should have suffered and died I should have hung on that cross in disgrace but jesus the lord of glory took my place that crown of thorns the spear thrust in his side lord the pain should have been mine, those rusty nails—they were meant for me. Yet Christ took them, and He let me go free. I should have been cruel. I should have suffered and died I should have hung on that cross in disgrace But Jesus, he's the Lord of glory He took my place That crown of thorns The spear that was thrust In his side And I know the pain Lord it should have been mine You didn't do anything Those rusty nails They were meant For me Yet Christ took them And he let me go free. Oh, yes, now I'm singing. I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on That cross in disgrace, but Jesus, the Lord of glory, took my place. And I feel the presence of the Lord here. I know we're supposed to socially distance, and we can. But if you want to come and stand a good distance away and say, God, I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. Because folks, it's not because people are bad. It's because they never took the time to have the blood of Jesus applied. And you can start by just coming down and saying, God, forgive me of all my sins. And there's a miracle of mercy here. We're going to sing a little bit more while you're thinking about that. Mercy rewrote my life. Mercy rewrote my life. I should have fallen my soul cast down but mercy rewrote my life anybody had that testimony here mercy should have fallen my soul cast down. But mercy, thank God for the cross wrote my life. One more time I'm singing mercy rewrote my life. Mercy my life I should have fallen my soul cast down but mercy rewrote my life mercy How sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now I'm found I was blind But now sing it again. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like Father, I'm so thankful, thankful for the cross, thankful for the blood, thank you that you would give us a way in the scripture to have that blood applied. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the miracle of mercy made available. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that old lighthouse. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we give you praise. Anybody that wants to pray, wherever you're at in this building, let's turn this whole building into a prayer room. Jesus, I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lighthouse by the seaside. Overlooking life's sea. When I'm tossed, it sends out a light so that i can see and this light that shines in the darkest night has safely brought me home if it were not for the lighthouse where would this ship be and i thank god for the lighthouse, I owe my life to Him. For King Jesus is the lighthouse, and from the rocks of sin, He has shown His love all around me so that I can clear see if it were not for the lighthouse where would this should be everybody that lives around me says tear the old lighthouse down <laughs> the big ships say why they don't even sail this way anymore no use of it standing round. but my mind goes back to a stormy night where just in time i saw the light Yes, it was the light of that old lighthouse standing there on the hill and I thank God for the lighthouse I owe my life to Him for King Jesus is the lighthouse and from the rocks of sin He has shown His love all around me so that I can clearly see if it were not for the lighthouse
1: where
0: would this should be God bless you Those who need to go home now are welcome to go. If you want to pray, you're welcome to pray. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to Him. Jesus is the lighthouse. And from the rocks of sin. He has shown His love all around me So that I can clearly see If it were not for the lighthouse Where would this... I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God, the still inside the storm, the promise of the shore. I trust the power of Your Word, enough to seek Your kingdom.